Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. McClunky and welcome to Who Won the Week, a podcast dedicated to the top stories from the week in geek. My name is Adam Swiderski, and I am your humble host today, and I am joined by a bevy of guests, the glitterati of the Sci-Fi Wire podcasting world, uh, my friend Ben Fullon, joining us again. Hello, yeah. Ben. You didn't you didn't tell me you were going to open with that, and now I'm just... That line just comes <laughs> out of nowhere so when you least expect it. <laughs> When you think of, when you think you've got the edit, think bring again. in a new one. Exactly. And on my other side, a man who to podcast listeners of the Sci-Fi Wire Podcast Network needs no introduction, but I'll do it anyway. Mr. Brian Silliman. Hello, thank you for having me. From Jabba the Pod. That's right. All new Sci-Fi Wire podcast about Star Wars, Jabba the Pod. It's very good. It is. 5 stars on iTunes. Do it. Yeah, please. I mean, I don't want to beg here, and it's not a, it's only a little about ego, but if if it's successful, then we'll get to do more of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, plus it's highly entertaining. Plus, there's a lot of stuff with going on with Star Wars, which is why we have Brian on the podcast today. We got a lot to talk about this week, mostly having to do with George Lucas's created universe and the delivery mechanism by which we were all given some new. Bits of it this week, Disney Plus, which launched on Tuesday. But first, before we get into what went on this week, uh, we always do a little segment where we talk about what we are geeking out about this week on a personal, individual level. So, Ben, what's up with you? Guess what? Uh, It's not X-Men. I'm stunned. Um, So it's the other thing. It's uh, it's actually um, so I have not read I have not been buying a weekly DC comic in about uh, maybe like three or four years, um, but N.K. Jameson has come out with Far Sector. Oh right, which is about a Green Lantern that is in the furthest Green Lantern fr- from the galaxy. So she is the furthest out, and she is, um, she's patrolling a sector of three different kind of life form cultures that all went to war at one point and then in order to stop going to war they came to a truce and said hey let's eliminate emotions so all that's left is cold hard logic that always always works it does and so 500 years later after that they just had their first murder so they requested the help of a green lantern murder murder um and first of all nk jameson's writing is really great in this it's some interesting sci-fi who done it maybe murder mystery right now but the big selling point of this book is Jamal Campbell's art I have not my my jaw was agape as they say and that has not happened since uh, I don't know maybe reading the first issue of Secret Wars by Assad Rivik. Um it is a beautiful book I cannot stress how good it looks and that's like go pick it up because it is so good so this is out. This is out. I remember Karima was telling me about this book mm-hmm. um, at New York Comic Con because she interviewed um, 
the Nora. The, the writer, yeah. And it sounded fascinating, and I was like, I got to pick that up. But it's available now. The it first issue just came out this past week. Oh, okay, I got to pick that up. There has not been enough marketing around it, yeah. as is the case with most comics. Yeah. But I'm signal boosting it because it's. Oh my god! I mean, it's, it's a gorgeous a book. Multiple Hugo Award-winning writer. That's yes. not something you want to sneeze at. There wasn't yeah. a new Batman this week, so I'll, that'll be my DC purchase. I okay. haven't made my DC purchase this week yet. Do it. All right, Brian. How about you? What's on your? Um. Well, I mean, Star Wars aside, because yeah. that really kind of took over the entire week, uh, quite frankly, and and that is fine by me. But aside from that. Last time I was here, I talked about um, I was reading uh, Gormenghast, um, trying trying rather to read Gormenghast because, as I said, it's this is a it's three books in this giant tome, and every sentence in this book is like a chapter from another book. It is chapters that you can pawn over and just imagine and just think about for minutes and minutes and minutes. So it's not it's fascinating reading, but it's not fast, and it's not really a good thing to you know, grab before heading to bed. So the problem I keep having is I keep having to read other books sometimes to cover for the site. Um, I So I keep having to take breaks from Gormenghast to read Star Wars Resistance Reborn, for example, because mm. we were covering it for the site, which was, that was a quick read, really good, you know, brought in all kinds of stuff from the Star Wars books, comics, and games in spectacular fashion. And then trying to go from that back into Gormenghast is quite a gear shift and now it's happening again because I was a little slow on the uptake for this one the second uh, Book of Dust book came out the this, this Secret ah. Commonwealth um, in the sequel trilogy to His Dark Materials and that just came in the mail and I just started that was the first one good? yeah I really like it a so, lot I'm so scared La Belle Sauvage I'm it's, so scared. it's good it's a prequel that one's right. a big prequel and it's, it's not so much a spoiler that Lyra's a baby and they use a little scene of it, actually, in the very beginning of the series, which I was stunned. Not quite the same, but pretty much, you know, the flood, that's a big part of, uh, of the first Book of Dust book. And it's very much still in his voice. There's a lot, of interesting, um, a lot of interesting lore that's added. And it features a character that is not featured in the trilogy, but featured in one of those little books that came out afterwards called Lyra's Oxford. Mm-hmm. Um, in a short story in it called Lyra and the Birds, the character Malcolm Polstead. Um, so he also, but now we're shifting in the second book to after the His Dark Materials trilogy, Lyra's a little older and is studying and is getting a little, shall we say, uh, jaded. And Pantalaimon's kind of the one, like, remember we used to have adventures and stuff? And she's kind of not having it. So she goes on this adventure with an older Malcolm, who reveals the secrets that happened during the first book that she's not, I'm barely getting it, uh, barely scratched the surface of it, but I'm looking forward to getting into that. And unfortunately, Gorman Gast is going to have to be put on hold again and just making eyes at me on my nightstand. Like, when are you going to finish me? So hopefully it hasn't gone, turned into a full infinite jest situation again. <laughs> um, but it's getting close. And anyway. I will, I will say, so I last week, as you know, I'm totally new to the His Dark Materials universe. The description of like a Lyra who's jaded in this like crazy fantastical world that I'm slowly discovering episode by episode. I really want to read that book now. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it, it. And I'll say the second episode of that, the first episode was mostly what I expected for book mm-hmm. readers. Anyway, for the se- for the second episode, they make it clear they're adapting because I'm also very much into that show. Um, geeking out about that. Um and 
the second episode made it very clear that they're not just adapting the Golden Compass first mm-hmm. is the first season. They're adapting the entire His Dark Material saga because they're pulling things from book two. I was right going to say, we should talk episode. about that because I, mm-hmm. that was, uh, for those of us who have read the books, episode two of His Dark Materials was a shocker. Yeah, I was. I couldn't believe it. I was just, wow, they're, they're doing this now yeah. in the second episode. Okay, and now we're at a point where I don't really know what to expect. And from a book reader's like adaptational perspective, that's really exciting. Yeah. So Ben, for your for your mm-hmm. reference, in in the book, we don't see anyone travel from one world to another until the end of the first book. Oh. At all. I like yeah. the, the the idea that there are multiple worlds and that that's what this is all about is a big reveal at the end. It's like book at the end of book 1. So, and what it happens in order for that to happen is a really shocking moment. So it, it's it's going to be interesting to see. I'm very curious now as to how they're going to keep the weight of that moment if they keep it, which I assume they must because it's kind of a big climactic moment in the story. Now that we already know this is something that happens and that people can travel between I, I'm realities. Inter- yeah, I'm interested in if we're going to bring in Will earlier um, in the theatrical adaptation. It, I know from years ago the play at the National Theater it starts with the two of them oh, which really? is a really interesting way to start Yeah, uh, and so I'm wondering how early they're going to bring him in they've already cast the character who's uh, another character from book two is Andrew Scott has already been cast so they can bring him in technically at any moment but it's interesting the character that they use is not the one we see Do we find out that he can do this in the book Lord Boreal but mm-hmm. he doesn't appear in Golden Compass at all he's a right. subtle knife character but the fascinating thing there, and I'll and I'll just say this one thing and then shut up about it, mm-hmm. I swear, is he's working for the magisterium and constantly towing the line, other worlds don't exist, other worlds don't exist. Excuse me, I'm gonna go through this portal into another world. <laughs> and I'm like, you are so full of it, dude. It's yeah. it's it was fascinating bit of and all of a sudden he's in a car with a cell phone and you're it's just such an abrupt shift. You're like, What? And it was I really interesting. It. Really interesting I'm twist. So- so. First yeah, episode d- grabbed me, and now I'm like, oh, man. Now I really want to read the book. But now that I'm hearing this, I'm like, I'm going to hold off. But I'm glad that, you, that you're excited about the show because I feel like it's getting a little lost in the shuffle. I feel oh, like yeah. not in, in Britain, it's not. It's such mm. a huge hit there. But coming out on Monday night on HBO, especially after night. Sunday blows our minds with Watchmen, mm. it's, which I understand. I mean, this week especially because it was sandwiched between yeah. that on Sunday, Disney Plus launch on, on Tuesday. Tuesday it's yeah. like, and I got it in there. It's just weird franchise shifting because once I, I'm in that world, I like to stay in it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And really roll around in it like a pig and slop, you know. And, but it's, and then it was okay. So we're done with that. Vigorously. Yeah, that's like go right in a Star Wars, and, and it's it's just a little abrupt. So it's, I hope it. I'm glad you're excited about it, mm-hmm. and I hope it gets attention. I didn't get to say this last week, but um, I haven't felt this excitement for a franchise in a re- like. It's hard to get me into a new franchise because there's so many things right now that are just like, well, I can watch Star Wars again, and oh look, all this other stuff is coming back. Um, this is the first thing I'm completely blind on. I'm just like, I want to know everything. And that's like a really good feeling. And do you feel like you're, you, you, as, as someone who's not familiar with the books, you know enough about what's going on and the the important things? I think one of the key things that they did uh, was show that flood scene in the beginning. Because mm-hmm. I think like having looked at what, ha- I don't care about spoilers. So I kind of look around to see like, where did that come from? And why does that scene happen? And that flood scene, I think, provided a lot more context as to why Lyra's there, and then also, like, 
all I appreciated all the table setting that episode one did because right. I think episode one was a lot of table setting and um, yeah no it hasn't been hard for me to follow because I've just wanted to absorb as mm-hmm. much as possible so, so when you see someone slap their demon mm-hmm. you know that's a big deal yeah like you're already mm-hmm. prepped because that's yeah. major and they've laid that out well in episode two I think they also you know, with that scene with Mrs. Coulter's demon yeah. assaulting yeah. Pan and what that does to Lyra. <laughs> and then also the way that, that uh, what's his name, dispatches that uh, spy or whatever. That was oh, Boreal party. just yeah. crushes the moth. So I think yeah. it's like they're they're doing a decent job of showing rather than telling you yeah, that, yeah. that relationship. Yeah. And, and Which is and not easy to do with a fantasy no, series yeah. this dense. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, we had the title cards at the very first beginning of the pilot, but I felt like we had to have that it was they did it more elegantly than the film did i think and you know not so to throw scary. not Why to throw yeah. snot at the film but um i i'm glad that that landed for yeah. you and it's cuz that's pivotal and also it just i it just has to be said ruth wilson is killing oh, oh my god, god. I, I, to be honest when that casting you know when the first uh footage came out and things I, i'm constantly comparing her to nicole kidman which i think was one of the great things about the movie was the casting of those two characters yeah. as real uh-huh. and uh mrs coulter and I saw that, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not sold. This episode, episode two, sold me on Ruth Wilson so hard yeah. in that part. She's really, really good. Because you see, the book never really puts you alone with her. Right. It's always her being seen through another character, at least in the Golden Compass. And in this, you have a scene like where she's alone in the bath, in the by oh. the bathtub, and just drains that. And it's wordless, and you're you just wondering what's going on in her head. And she's so psychotic. And I've said this before, but she makes her her character on Luther look sane. Yeah, <laughs> and I yeah. just whatever she's doing, it's it's incredible. Yeah, and Asriel's a little different too, fascinating in a different way as well. Mm. The difference is there that the, I'm still thinking about the line, "Everyone's special." I love that. Oh and that was gosh. my favorite moment from the first. And episode. of course, then I immediately think, then it's if everyone's special, then nobody, nobody is. is. You know, that's right. But um, anyway, that's uh, sorry to. I'm 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 glad that you're into it. I just want more people to watch it. So yeah, do I. Well, and I think it's interesting too because you know both of Brian and I are book readers, and I I am also of the mind that it's like, ooh, I don't know where this is going now. I don't know how they're going to structure this thing, and that excites me. Yeah. I think I think a lot of people with Boreal going through the you know cut between worlds and everything were a little upset by that. Probably they, they were. Somebody somebody said it was like it's like showing Ned Stark getting his head cut off in the second episode, right? And I just yeah. thought, no, nah, no, it's not. It's this is expanding the world, yeah, and it's letting you know there are more things in heaven and earth. Well, and know, the thing and is, you know, a lot of what we got out of Will in book two is stuff that's happening kind of simultaneously. Yeah, it with, is with what is happening in book one. So yeah. we're just gonna we're just gonna mash that up. I think is is the way it's gonna end up going. I, I feel like I'm in good hands. Yeah, and I'm I like being thrown off course and surprise me and show me new things about this trilogy I thought I knew so well. Yeah. Oh, sorry. All right, so uh, that was a little side check. And so if I, mm-hmm. I very quickly, I will just say that what is winning my week or what I'm geeking out about is Dr. Sleep the book. Uh, because I did not yet see Dr. Sleep the movie. And I realized I, I'm kind of a King Stan. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't read Dr. Sleep. So yeah. what the hell, me? So I, I just I kindled that book and I'm reading it. And it is very interesting. So I just so King, you know, he's got his little things and his pop culture references that are way outdated and stuff and it's just it's fun it's like yeah that person is still listening to you know this kid from 
modern era is listening to music from the 1960s because they just do, you know. <laughs> and he's out. got a tube of Brill Cream in his bag. Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> but uh, no child has had. But ever. it's good. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not done with it yet. But it's a good, it's a good read so far. I mean, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm a pretty easy mark for Stephen mm. King. So I don't remember. Have you seen the film? Not yet. Okay, so you, you don't. It's not like you're comparing it to that, right? That's good. And so. I probably won't see it until after I finish the book. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I, I it's just interesting because. I'm very curious, and we had an article on Sci-Fi about that this week, in terms of on Sci-Fi Wire, in terms of how the Doctor Sleep movie can serve as both a sequel to the book and the movie, because Kubrick's movie is pretty dramatically different from from King's book in a lot of ways, and to the point that King really hates it. (laughs) So, um, and it's also a sequel to Ready Player One, technically, right? Absolutely, yeah. of course. Yeah. So it's also the uh, the the new movie is also the version of New Mutants that was supposed to come out. Yeah. We're, so we were yeah. finally getting it. Yeah, we got New Mutants, and it's called Doctor Sleep. Maisie Williams looks young. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she looks so good. It looks like she's four years ago. It's weird. Really loved Wolfsbane in that. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> we're never getting that movie. No. no. I mean, if anything, we get it five years from now on Hulu, and it's just like silently dumped there. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, by the way, here's this. Someone will, someone will discover it by accident. I know. Just, yeah. So anyway, uh, that is what's going on with us. But the big news this week, Disney Plus. Praise our new overlord. I know. Yeah. Like a, like a <laughs> giant obelisk from space descended upon us uh, on Tuesday. Crashed into the ground. Yeah. And I was had to get say, lifted yeah. up again. Little but bit it's a, up. A little bit of a problematic launch. Did you guys have issues getting on? I did. I expected them. Any large tech launch like this, you're going to have your bugs because you can't, as much as you can plan for, I'm not going to talk, I'm not going to spend this podcast talking about server load. Anyways, yeah, I expected it. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> I know. Um, the thing about server load is, no, it's, <laughs> I, I mean, I was up really early to uh, to do it because we, we had to, you know, I was running it down for the features for the site and for Job of the Pod so we could discuss it that later that day. <laughs> but I got woken up by our features editor at uh, like around 6.30 and he was saying, it's up. Have we ever seen a toilet in Star Wars before? Oh and I said, God, not on screen, but there's a, well, I'm like, well, there's a thing with refreshers in the animated series <laughs> and in the book sometimes. He's like, all right, give me 500 words on it. I was like, can I watch it first? And he's like, yes, okay. So, because I, I I was planning on getting up at seven to see if it you know actually worked, and I had a little issues. Lo- I I had some issues creating a profile or whatever, but I was able to get the Mandalorian on no problem. Yeah, it's the rest of it that took a few hours, but it was iron. In a few hours, I was able to access everything, so it wasn't that big of a deal. I yeah, I had a similar experience. I was able because I popped on to watch the Mandalorian in the morning before I came into work that day, and I just got right on, and I thought everything was cool, and then yeah. I got in, and everybody was you know, their hair was on fire, and they were running around in circles, yeah, it and it, it was frustrating because they never answered. Okay, here is the 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 app you download. Here are right. the credentials you use. It was I just guessed that the credentials were the same as the D twenty three thing that I didn't know I had when I registered for it a couple months ago. I'm like, how am I a member of this? Oh, that's, okay, that's very different from a normal consumer. Yeah, such as myself. And it's the same thing. It was the, just the same credentials. They never sent me a thing like like DC Universe did, oh. which I have to say it's it was a, also a problematic launch. But they say here is your credentials. Here's where you download like instructions about three times before launch day yeah. none of the, even I sent them an email before and it's like I don't know what to do it's like because I knew we had to have it as soon as possible for coverage it's like please help I forgot me. that there was an app until like two days like a day or two afterwards because I was just watching it on browser and I was like oh that's right I can put this on my phone yeah 
And it's, but it doesn't come right up. You have to search for yeah. it or get a link to it. It does now, but on launch day it didn't. And there were other issues too. I know the the in app search was not particularly great netflix has this thing where if you type like mrvl it's going to give you the marvel movies and disney was having issues with that yeah um just like brian you mentioned the feature about continue watching or whatever. yeah that's that's and i and i maybe i'm just doing it wrong which is not be the first no i read this i read this elsewhere it's it's my my only complaint because because i love it it's the content is and i am not being paid to say this but the content is great things like clone wars rebels have never looked better oh my um there's there's so much there's so much muppets the the all i've checked out some of the original shows and they're just delightful and of course i'm just gonna come right out and say this i love the mandalorian Mm -hmm. shocker as a you know, someone who loves unconditionally everything Star Wars, I love The Mandalorian, a show from Dave Filoni and John Favreau. Go God. figure. Um, God but which we will get to. Yeah, we'll get to that. But that said, the only issue I have technically with Disney Plus is is what you uh, what you mentioned is that say you're watching, uh, you're in the fourth episode of The Muppets of that sitcom, the office version of the Muppets. And then you turn it off and you go back and you turn the app back on. This is me watching on a Roku. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no pick up where you left off feature. There's no, even if you click on that show, like resume episode, you have to remember, okay, I was on episode four, go and find it. And my watch list is huge. So it's like, where is it? It's not yeah. collated at all. Go and find it. And remember, always oh, in the middle of that. Cause if you just hit play, it'll start you right at the premiere again. Yeah. So I would, all the other streamers have it, the continue watching, pick up where you left off. This is where you were. I would love them to add that. And again, maybe I'm doing it wrong. But Disney definitely dropped um, the minimum viable product. Yeah. Because they knew they didn't need to have that right. stuff for all of us to sign up as the 10 million subscribers would suggest to you, to them. Um, so I'm sure they'll come out with it. I th- yeah. Sure yeah. I mean, these are things that are going to get addressed as we move ahead. It's just, uh, I, I 100% agree. I think they, they were like, they knew they had the content to yeah. sell this thing and so. they were right yeah and yeah. even they said they, they said is our already it beat our already high expectations i'm, I'm sure it did because yeah. a lot of people probably signed up that day a lot of people were getting it for free through being a sprint customer or something yeah. i don't know verizon now has yeah. a free year of it it's like i make smoke signals outside there's like you get a free week at disney plus <laughs> yeah. it's you know i don't know and as much as i don't like i don't like nah disney owns everything there's a lot of really good stuff there that there I is. didn't even realize. So I was going to say, have you guys made any deep dives into some obscure well, just artifact? Like, I really didn't think I would do this, and I forgot that they were owned by Disney, but then I was like, oh, I'm just going to watch The Muppet Show forever because that is one of my favorite things the, ever. The, the uh, Just the poster for Return to Oz scared me. <laughs> it took me right back there. I had, like, someday I'll punch that up again, and I'm sure to be scarred again. We had we just rented that movie recently. Too? Yeah. Ugh. The Black Cauldron. That's on there. The Black Hole. Yes. I've never mm. seen The Black Hole. You've never seen Disney's also The Black Hole? It's pretty much 2001 for kids. Is what it's, of, it's <laughs> Boy, The Black Hole is an infamous story for me because I, when I first signed up for Netflix for the very first time back when they used to mail you discs all the time and that was the only way to do it, you know, you go through this period of like, oh my God, every movie is on here. Everything I've ever seen and loved. And that was a movie I was like, I loved The Black Hole as a kid. I'm going to watch that again. Oh, good God. It doesn't hold up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whew. 
That was no offense. I mean, you you're gonna watch it. You form your own opinion. I'm, but, I'm probably uh, gonna watch Bed Knobs and Broomsticks first. I love Bed Knobs oh and Broomsticks because yeah. I I grew up with that, not Me Mary too. Poppins. I yeah. did watch Mary Poppins, but I was always watching Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Mm-hmm. But uh, some people are complaining. The Simpsons is not yes. As, There's a big um, deal with that. Is not what was promised. There's mm-hmm. some, it's the aspect ratio is weird. They've it's apparently t- removed yep. the Michael Jackson episode completely. Yes, and they've also. I've heard have been making little cuts and tweaks along the way. I haven't watched any of it, so I don't know. But I haven't either. But I definitely know the aspect ratio thing was a big deal because there are jokes visual in the Simpsons, gags. visual gags that take yeah. place on the edges of yeah. the frame that are lost when you do something like yeah. that. That that boggles my mind because FXX has Simpsons and it streams in or it uh, shows in four three, and Disney owns that. So. Is that how they got it? Yeah. Because I well, was wondering. Well, it's one of the I, I mean, they also own Fox now, so. Oh, right. yeah, that's true. In addition to, you know, your future child and. Well, that's why you, I guess they have Avatar on there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank God. And the Thank X-Men God. and. And the X-Men, yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah, that's true. That's true. I just looked it up. They also have Treasure Planet. Oh, yeah. Treasure yeah. Planet. And the things that aren't on there yet Disney wise like Last Jedi Solo those will be coming Maleficent will be right. coming it said like 2021 for Maleficent the first one like, uh, yeah wait, just why lots, is, of, why lots the, of licensing deals with yeah. uh, channels for like movie premieres on TV yeah. right. uh, not that I'm really hot to rewatch Malefi- the first Maleficent again immediately but still I was like wow I mean that was one of the big things with Disney they were scrambling to get as much of their stuff as possible because some of the yeah. Marvel movies were still kind of right. tied up in TV deals um, all this kind of stuff with syndication which is super boring but well I was surprised they got Endgame because that was such a big deal when Netflix got that yeah and I mean, we I own two copies of it already, so it's not like I needed to yeah. watch it. But I was um, well. If you want to download it on your phone and watch it on an airplane, you can now. There you go. I guess I'm always up for Endgame on an airplane. My weird experience. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I'm down for like nine minute chunks of Endgame. There are like three different parts that I like to watch. The rest of it, I'm just like, all right. Well, por- <laughs> Portals gets. Wa- I rewatch. I mean, Portals, portals. a lot. Portals, I especially I like audience reaction videos to Portals oh, yeah. on God. YouTube. Yeah. I never get tired of those. Yeah. You know, it was a weird experience for me. We went back and watched The Little Mermaid. Oh, and it is—it's just an—it's just such an artifact because it's all hand-drawn animation. Yeah, you know, and it—it's—it's mm-hmm. it's very jarring to see that again when you've been all we've been seeing is computer-generated animation for a long time. Also, in oh. probably some kind of high def. Yeah, you're seeing it. That yeah. must have been a kick. Oh, yeah. you know, I didn't realize they probably put a lot of those old animations in high def. I'm going to go back and watch. Yeah, them. so it's the. I mean, that's the thing. I think that's half the fun of Disney Plus is digging through that and being like, "Oh my God, the cat from outer space!" I remember that film. And and then mainlining every episode of say Darkwing Duck. Yes. Or oh Tailspin. man, they have Darkwing Duck. You can do your own div- gargoyles. They do. have the Mighty Ducks cartoon. Yep. The one where the mighty ducks are aliens. They, have and they come down <laughs> and they take the place of the NHL team, the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. You're but kid. also fight evil by shooting pucks that are like surrounded by energy out of their wrists. All right, is, are you serious? This is two thousand percent serious. That this show is like, so that weird. That sounds like that. You remember that show, Pro Stars? Yes. That had that sounds like that times ten. This <laughs> it's. What coked-up executive pitched that? And it's someone like, was like, "I got nothing left." So the like, mighty hey. ducks are fighting aliens, yeah. and they got wait. You going for it? Ah, okay. What if the NHL mighty ducks were actually ducks, but they were from a planet 
that had a duck name, and everyone's like, "Great, I'll hire this man." Give you a hundred million dollars for episode. Did that crossover with the Ducktales universe? No, it didn't because it got canceled. Missed opportunity. It was very bad. I'm sure they were planning to have Gizmo Duck on there. He just accidentally murders all of them. (laughs) End of show. I don't like. I'm really sad they didn't get past season two because then you would have gotten your Darkwing Duck uh, crossover, your Daffy Duck cross. Well, I'm excited to catch up with the new Ducktales, which I really I've only seen a few episodes of, but I really like it. Emmy winning. Yeah, I love David Mm -hmm. Tennant in the role, and I just got sick of watching it on the Disney XD app. Mm. So I'm really looking forward to watching it in a highly convenient way. There you go. So and yeah, this is how they get you. Yeah, indeed. Oh, indeed. they got me. They got me. Speaking of things being gotten, that's a terrible segue. But eh. another little wrinkle to come out of the Disney Plus, and as we dive into the Star Wars segment of this podcast, which is probably going to take up the rest of the time because we got big things to talk about. Uh, a little funny uh, story that came up this week, which I referenced at the very top of the show, which is that. Uh, Eagle-eyed observers who watched Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope noticed some changes once again to a now infamous scene in which Han and Greedo confront each other in the Mos Eisley Cantina. How many friggin' edits this is, are we going to get? Never this, is the, this is the fifth or sixth one, yeah. I think. I'm going to quote Harrison Ford when I can't remember who. I believe a colleague at Sci-Fi Wire actually asked him this question. Oh, and he's, he was like, who shot first? You or Greedo, and uh, and Harrison Ford just goes, uh, I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I don't care. Well, I not only care. not I only has I'm who bad, shot bad. first kind of slightly been tweaked because now I think people have broken. So anyway, so the point they shoot being, at the same time. Yeah. So now people have broken it down frame by frame and said that it is literally the same frame in which they start shooting now. Yeah, they shoot even so, more at the same time. Yes, and but, but also that's not the weird part. Yeah, Greedo gets a new line of dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> Which to most people's ears <laughs> sounds like he's saying McClunky. Which yep, bless, just goes, I bet you they were like, we need a meme in Star Wars Episode it's, Four. It's it's that's that's Rodian for go f yourself, Han Solo. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Or, I, hey, I'm about to shoot you. I think it mm-hmm. is, no, because someone actually said there. I, I can't remember. I looked it up at one point, but someone said there is a a lore canon. Uh, precedent I, for this in they that don't, uh, the, the weird oh, thing is they don't even subtitle the word yeah. Yeah. it's subtitled in fonts that are not consistent with the rest of the movies right. which is very weird to me as a font consistency advocate but I'm sure nobody gives a crap about that anyway <laughs> so there, the, it's just funny because I saw someone in, tweeted something about this it's like Dave Filoni coming in the first day of Disney Plus the Mandalorian <laughs> has just launched all the Star Wars stuff is out there he's like hey how's everything going guys are we doing great hey what's McClunky <laughs> yeah, because it's this just, was the was, thing that yeah. everybody was it's talking about. It's probably more like, hey, guys, what are we doing? What's this McClunky's thing? Well, we got this McClunky's well, we thing. This it's McClunky's it's just dominating thing, the news yeah. cycle, and give them an inch, and fans will will give you a thousand memes. I bet you yeah. this was because like 3,000. Because McClunky is, and, and this is, you know, we're partially to blame because we're going to record Job of the Pod very soon, and it's not going to be light on McClunky. I'm just going to say this right now. Um, there's going to be a lot of McClunky. <laughs> there's going to be a if if you if you want your one stop shop for McClunky bits, then tune then tune into episode two of Job of the Pod. But um, I, I, it's so silly and so stupid and so unnecessary, and I kind of love it and can't get enough. <laughs> I want to celebrate this forever. Every time I hear it, I just smile a little bit because at this point, why not? I, at this, <laughs> what it's like a little 
demon prankster gremlin just slip this in in Lucasfilm or somebody's like what'll get them going this time I know and it's like you know what? what's my son's these... name oh McClunky Smith let's no. have him say, you know why and apparently what child is McClunky Smith by all accounts this came from George Lucas himself yeah, before from... the sale of Disney ever happened yes Bef- he made this change but then we had the digital releases happened after that so and this was not a part of the digital releases. So when they say it happened years ago with Lucas before Disney, I'm like, then why wasn't it in the digital right. releases? I don't understand because they tweaked it again in yeah. the digital releases. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm at the point where it's just so silly that uh, I'm, I'm like, maybe McClunky actually means midichlorian. <laughs> And Han is just so mm-hmm. mad at the mention of how dare you say, how dare you say that? When is, when is it? Why'd ever you say end? that name? Well, we were saying it in in and not to bring I'm not to beat you over the head with this, but we said this in the in the in, the, in this uh, this week's earlier job of the pod episode was we thought we were done with this whole thing in, with Solo, put a pin in it really yes. with the shot first controversy. They made a, a what I thought was a wonderful bit with Beckett at the end saying, "And here's your last lesson," and Han just shoots shoots him before yeah. he could even say always shoot first and I thought there we go they've made it a thing this long drawn out saga is over and then McClunky yep and it's like you thought it was done no no it's not I and don't it, oh man and here is my thing I, I, I have to imagine that as part of the deal for this whole thing Lucas told Disney they could never release the original cuts right because it's a license to print money if they came out and said we're going to release Blu-ray, special Blu-ray edition of original theatrical cuts of Star Wars. Yeah. It would, they would just, they could retire. Everyone involved could retire immediately after that was Disney over. Disney Plus could contain nothing else but that. Yeah. And yeah. would have had the same thing. So, there, I, it's just, it's just crazy to me. This that has to be, that has to be somewhere in the deal. It has right. to. Because yeah. there's no way Disney isn't looking at, they know that. But apparently he's still, like, everyone thought he's not involved anymore. He still kind he's of is. He's so involved. Yeah. He's still talking with J.J. about Rise of Skywalker. They had he a talks- talk about midichlorians. That was going to be his whole sequel trilogy idea was going to be more midichlorians, this weird inner space idea. So anybody that pisses over Ryan Johnson and what could have been, and all of a sudden Lucas is, ever after years and years of prequel hating, Lucas is this genius, and they want him back. Yeah. And I'm sorry, as much as I love everything Lucas, and I, I honestly don't hate the idea of midichlorians, I am happy with the movies we have and yeah. don't necessarily need to go into a Jedi's blood and or whatever that was going to be. I agree with that. It's, I just, if it, it comes out, I'll still watch it. But I just wonder if, if there will ever be a, a end to the tinkering. No. You know, just, no. No, because there won't look, be. Look. Look at what we're talking about. Yeah. People are doing this every day. All the yeah. page views have been generated. All yes. I I don't think it. I <sighs> think we. I think it's at the point where we just have to accept it that this yeah. has become a living, is... breathing organism, <laughs> and that we live in an insane now. world. And it's kind of turning me a little crazy. And yeah. that I just I'm accepting it and celebrating it, and I feel like a lunatic. And that's just the way it is. Again, so. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna quote Harrison Ford. I don't, I don't care. care. I don't, I don't care. care. I'm just gonna go crash this plane over here. I don't yeah. care. Him and him and Werner Herzog are just huge moods. I don't know about McClunky, but I'm going to agree <laughs> with Harrison. But I watched the. I watched wrestling. That was my. Oh, wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. You intimidated by working with John Favreau? No, because no. I don't know who he is. I watch. I watch <laughs> wrestling. I watch WWE. I'll so say, I should save the Herzog impressions uh, for Job of the Pod. You but should. But I have yeah. no shortage of them, believe me. And they're getting worse. 
So before we get into uh, the main topic of this week, which I believe will be The Mandalorian, because we're now two episodes in. Ben, have you seen, you've seen both episodes, I have. right? Yeah. Yep. Um, let's very quickly veer into the world of video games. Because yeah. there's oh, yeah, also some Star Wars that. stuff going on there, too. This morning. This morning, this very morning, Jedi Fallen Order. Yes. Preloading arrived. it on my PC. Yeah, now. and so only one of the three of us has had the chance to play it all. Uh, or Mr. Any Brian Silliman, of yeah. course. Um, I played for about 40 minutes this morning before Mandalorian dropped at six. And so now he's going to give his definitive, full, unalterable <laughs> take on it. 4,000 words yes. right now, scored out of 100. Did you overhear the tragedy of Jedi Fallen Order? <laughs> it's not a story the Jedi would tell you. Any, okay, that's enough of that bit. Um, I... I, I'm going to preface this by saying I suck at video games. Sure. I am not. I enjoy video games. I like playing them for stress release and fun. I am not a competitive gamer at all. I'm generally terrible at gamer. them. I put them on. Yeah, I'm not that. I put them on the easiest thing because I just want a story and I want fun. Mm-hmm. That's what I want for my video games. If it's not fun, then I don't. Then why? Then mm-hmm. I don't care. I also am. You know that probably if I was better at them, maybe I'd be more competitive. <laughs> so I just 40 minutes of this. For one thing, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to mm-hmm. look at. There's a lot of really interesting canon happening already and little Easter eggs in just the first 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of cutscene heavy or whatever else, but in just that, I felt as a fan that the attention to little details is huge. Mm-hmm. In terms of actual gameplay, um, you're, it, we, it, it kind of does what a lot of games do at first. It teaches Hand-holding. you how to walk, then teaches you how to jump. Not saying press this to jump, although sometimes it does. Oh then it's like, it's a lot of platforming in the first little bit I played, mm-hmm. and then you get, I, I, he whips out, has to story-wise whip out his lightsaber, and I took it some stormtroopers to town, which was immensely satisfying. That's good. I'm not learning any specific moves yet, but I've just mowed a couple of them down, and that was very very satisfying and I also shot some blaster bolts back it took me a couple times to do that correctly I also died about 10 times trying to jump on a rope and climb it so that's the level of gaming expertise we're talking about here with me but just so far it's I I didn't want to stop playing it I'll say that I was having fun and I'm like I want to keep playing this the story had me hooked Cameron Monaghan is really interesting in the character yeah and and um that's know. interesting I, because I've some a couple of the reviews I've read have said the character feels a little stock. Did you not get that? No, I, I it's it, it it is another um you know another younger person J- Padawan post Order sixty six. So again, I'm already thinking the Kane and Jarrus Ezra Bridger Ahsoka thing is how are they going to get him out of the picture or are they you know how are they going to deal with that? So maybe, but I guess I don't care. As long as I'm using a lightsaber and killing stormtroopers, it's still interesting. And and I think there's enough differences with him because he's trying to the way he hides, oh, and and is I guess slightly reminiscent of other things. It's, I don't think you're gonna avoid that, mm-hmm. but uh, it works for me so far. And this is just forty minutes of the game. But and we just got uh, second sister arrived on the scene. Two two inquisitors oh, are in the game, and I have a big theory about her, and I hope I'm right. But Sarah Michelle Geller. No, it's well, it's she's seventh sister. Oh, she's seventh Sarah sister. Michelle Got Geller. It. I have a, a whole other theory about second sister, but they just hit the game, mm-hmm. and so I'm really excited about learning more. We know about ninth sister from the comics, but we mm-hmm. don't know anything really about second sister. Um, so all I'm gonna say, I, I mean, all I'll say is it's fun. I had a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to going back and playing more, and I'll say it's way more fun than me getting shot in the back every six seconds in Battlefront Two. 
Which oh boy. the story mode in that was a lot of fun, but it's very short. And I loved all of the work from that's a really interesting character, Iden Versio, and that whole tale, how it weaved in and everything. Shriv is a great side character in that game who also put, popped up, you know, in a big way in Resistance Reborn. It is a really fun, but it's short. The multiplayer, everything else in that is me getting shot every six seconds because I suck and then I'm getting laughed at and, you know, that gets old. What can you do? 12-year-olds. This is no multiplayer at all and it's just full-on story and and it's fun. I was having fun. It's a little Assassin's Creed-like in the platforming, I feel like, and but not in an annoying way, in a good way. Um, More leaning towards, I haven't played Odyssey, but I did play... uh, Origins. Origins. It felt closer to that than say Black Flag, maybe. Just close enough to Odyssey to say, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it and and it felt it it, it felt good. It's so good. yeah, I'm looking forward to more. I'm actually looking forward to it too. When I found out that they're doing kind of like Zelda-like dungeons, right? Yeah, taking that direction with it. Because here's the thing with Star Wars games that are story focused, the bar is so low. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> it's so, so low. low. You have no people. Um. Because Force Unleashed one and two were so bad. Oh really? Well, I, I like, like the Force first Unleashed. I like the first one. Yeah. I just oh man. I, I played it on the Wii and I just like going on rampages. Oh, see, I played it on the PS2 and that is a nightmare to try to get that thing to not burn your or you burn your PS3 out. Mm. Um, it's just really uncanny. It was in in between that time when graphics looked they weren't like bad, but they also weren't what they were today. So it's just weird some of it my my favorite star wars game is still i don't know if it's my favorite but the one i played the most mm-hmm. in the new age of star wars was the episode three game mm-hmm. for the ps2 yeah, yeah I because that. not only was the story mission fun there was a dueling sequence where you could just duel somebody else and my roommate at the time and i would do for hours oh, nice. as each other i went on one about 10 win spree as Mace Windu laying him out and nothing he tried would and we didn't understand it I'm like how do I keep winning and it's and we did and he got so mad and then he was usually I was usually Mace Windu he was usually Mm. Ewan's Obi-Wan and we got so many hours of play out of that Um, but it's nice to have a game that's not multiplayer Mm -hmm. that Star Wars based that I'm excited about I mean I really hope that we get a success because EA has had this license for three years and now. they're gonna have it another seven or something and apparently. they they have not had anything close to a hit yeah and by anything I mean the two games that they've released this is an like and they've ca- they've canned more games than they have released with the Star Wars license C- which could, is ridiculous could you imagine a company like CD Projekt Red getting their hands on Star Wars don't even say that to me because now I'm crying could you imagine that could you imagine how amazing that would be there are tears in my eyes right now thinking about CD Projekt Red having a star like literally anyone else Obsidian CD Projekt Red like anyone else is not to crap on EA but I'm like I play play the CD Projekt Red (laughs) games and and the the immersion and everything and the detail in those is I, I like I played Witcher for months and it was so immersive I couldn't break myself away from it. So the existing and that was existing lore. Yeah. So to do that with Star Wars that always has immense lore like that. Mm-hmm. Imagine the possibilities. I mean, come on. There was come a on. T- there was a time when we were like BioWare was good with the license like uh-huh. Skotor and Kotor. Yeah, and those stuff. games are still going. The they people are still love going. those, and I, and I, I'm willing. In the next five, ten years, we will. I, there I, will be plans for an a, announced for a movie or a Disney Plus show or something. Based I think on there's Kotor. a series already announced 
for Kotor? Yeah, that's like sure? in production or something. Pre-production. Oh. Um, for for something involving the old republic. Hmm. I, I mean, I, I, people will will love that. Oh my God. If they yeah. do, if they do Revan well, people. Will I was love gonna it. say that that was such a great. Uh, speaking of Star Wars storytelling and games, that was that's probably that may be Some the, of the peak. Some uh, of the best story it was the original kotor that's that that story is i know yeah, that i know yeah. the story i've never played it but i've seen the scenes and know the story and it's a really interesting story it was and great. i know the people that i know that play it are obsessed man what a way to be like this is how the empire formed yeah yeah just, although although i think uh, kotor yeah. 2 they might have to throw out a little bit because it's got that whole it's very like they're the gray Jedi type of thing, yeah. and and it, the, as the canon has grown in this new era, it's been very clear there that there is no such thing. None of the current there's that is not a thing. of Star Wars like the idea of gray Jedi. Yeah, yeah. and anyone that thinking that that's what the balance is going to be in Rise of Skywalker, and that they're going to be not gray Jedi but Skywalkers or whatever for sensitive people, it's yeah. the, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. So what do we consider Ahsoka then? Since she's Ahsoka's not, really... not a Jedi at all. She's, we for, do, she's a force, force user, user, but she's not. A, she actually says she's je, revenge is, is not no Jedi. the Jedi ways. I am no Jedi, yeah. so I'm she's she's become so especially now as Ahsoka the White, pretty much showing up. That's true. I never thought as Gandalf, <laughs> which Filoni's a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Yeah. It's not subtle with that with that appearance. She's Look just for me on the third day. Yeah, as the sun rises. <laughs> and uh, Sabine, come with me to find Ezra Bridger. And <laughs> so they will, you know, you will not kill him. I hate pa- to, I hate to preach. She's sorry, passed, sorry, sorry. so she's past that. But I yeah. love, I love, I just love that you asked. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we are getting deep on the Star Wars here, as is befitting having. Uh, Brian Silliman on but uh, in the meantime now let's move on to the biggest subject Star Wars subject of the week the biggest subject of the week which was The Mandalorian live action Star Wars television show for the first time not counting the holiday special of course Um, and dropped the first episode on Tuesday Mm -hmm. the second episode arrived this morning so we have seen both of them Mm -hmm. we are going to get into some stuff that could somewhat be considered uh, well definitely could be considered spoilers especially for the first episode but let's just talk in general and first and then we'll give the big spoiler warning and oh wait before we do that let's take a quick break (sighs) the world of star wars is bigger and better than ever with the rise of Skywalker, the Mandalorian, and more, all coming to us at light speed. Slice into Sci-Fi Wire's newest podcast, Jabba the Pod, where we'll all be discussing and celebrating all of it. From movies, shows, books, comics, games, theme parks, Pez dispensers, and more. Nothing in the galaxy far, far away will go undiscussed. Not on our watch. Our midichlorians cannot be beat, so subscribe today and witness the firepower of this fully armed and Operational podcast. <laughs> this message has been brought to you by Sci Fi Wire and the Hut Clan. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and may the force be with you. I added that. I like it. Okay. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy 
happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What a great break. I feel refreshed. Oh, man, that was a great yeah. break. So, anyway, let's talk a little bit in general terms about The Mandalorian. Did you guys like it? Yes. Brian, I know like your it. answer already. I, I mean, love, that's, yeah. Loved, I, yes. That's so a very, mostly, it's a safe assumption. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, man, it's really good. I, so the first episode, I wasn't sure, to be honest. I, it's so hard with, and we I talked about this a bit with Watchmen, because we talked mm-hmm. about the first episode of Watchmen after that came out, and... With serial television like this, you can't really judge it yeah. on the whole based on one episode. Yeah. And especially I think that's true for The Mandalorian, which, you know, had its action set pieces, but the first episode was a lot of setup. And a lot of setup. There's a lot of canon coming at you. Yeah. So. And and so like I could sit here and say, Oh, it looked great. Like you could see where the money went. Yeah. They yeah. spent you know, because they spent a lot of money on this show. Uh you know, I like the Easter eggs. I like some of the casting stuff, etc. But I don't know if the story is any good because it's not. It's like you've read the what first episode? paragraph of the story. We'll have yeah. to see. You don't know what the payoff is yet. Right. We're just right. getting the pledge and going into the turn. We don't know what the prestige is. Indeed. Indeed. I will so. say from episode one to two. So we know episode one was a lot of setup. Yeah. And episode one was forty minutes. And for it was me, lo- it was longer. Oh, yeah. it was like four. It like was like it was 50, almost, right? I think it was like an uh, fifty to Close an hour. An hour. Fifty-four, Close to an hour? I think, with the, credits. The second oh, one was much shorter. The yeah. second one was more of a regular. It was twenty-one or twenty-two. And it was it's just generally a smaller story. Mm-hmm. So I think I feel like did they say that episode one is going to be an extended episode one and everything else is going to be? No, they haven't said that. They've been very cagey. They the only thing we know is that Friday is the day it's going to be coming out. Now we're not going to get. Any more two episode That's drops? So it's going to be us. every That's Friday, including December twenty seventh. Um, so it's it's um, that's kind of and always it, it was came out again at six a.m. this morning, like it did the first time. Mm-hmm. So Fridays, it's going to be, you know, yeah, it's going to be you know the old five thirty. Grab a coffee and go. Yeah. So I will say, like the first episode, it hits kind of a point in the middle where you're like, okay. We're struggling a little bit. It's going to be a bit of a slog. But then you see the 20-minute version. I was like, this is good pacing yeah. for this show, I, I thought. I don't. I didn't have the. I didn't have a slog. Yeah. I, I, even when, it, I mean, it did kind slog of get slow, but I was always just kind of fascinated that mm. this was happening at all at mm. one thing. I was just, the design, <laughs> the, the shots and everything. And the first episode was directed by Dave Filoni. And I was just so happy Dave to see him Filoni. work in live action because I love him so much. And he's he should be the Kevin Feige of Star Wars. He's the heir. He, I I agree with you because yeah. he's really the heir yeah. to Lucas. And in a lot of ways, I think nobody really gets Star Wars more than Dave Filoni. No. And there were you see it in the shots and everything. So even when it was the practical effects and the the way the the, the design, everything, the little Easter eggs here and there for a fanatic like me, there was something in every frame yeah. worth loving or dissecting and I was also trying to watch it the first time as a fan and not as somebody who works for for this you know organization the second viewing I was you know in full work mode notating everything and there was something about you know it's a deep dive with canon every six seconds yeah but I also really enjoyed things like Carl Weathers um, popping up and Werner Herzog I mean because it feels like the casting there and I said this on Job of the Pod but it feels like Alec Guinness or Peter Cushing. Right. You know, you have mm. these established 
true veterans. It, it not that it needs an air of legitimacy, but it gives it, it to gives him. it. It yeah. gives it a grounded depth, especially Herzog. Where it's like, what the hell is he doing? But then you remember, <laughs> oh, he was also in Parks and Rec for one episode. It's just, he, oh he, my god, he was. You I never forgot. know. You never know what the heck he's gonna <laughs> do next. Yeah. And it's just, but his performance is so weird and fascinating, and I can't look away from it. So, for me, I, I could see why why some people might think it's slow. When, but um, I I my roommate was watching it last night and I could tell I could I heard a beeping from his room and I'm like that's a tracking fob I know what he's watching <laughs> and I meant to just watch the opening scene and I, I'm standing in his doorway for 15 minutes I'm like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna go and it was I, I couldn't pull away from it and this is the fourth time or something I don't know I'm obviously into it I will say I mean for me I think the first episode I don't. I wouldn't say it's slow because I actually in, enjoy things that take their time and really is, establishes a sense of place and all that stuff. But I think it was slower than it was a slower burn than some people were expecting. I think people yeah. were expecting like bounty hunter action, Palooza sure. right off the bat, and and we got some moments, you know, the big shootout, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was definitely more of a of an atmospheric take yeah. than I think people were expecting and I will say it's hard when you can't see your protagonist's face the entire time there's a reason that Marvel as ridiculous as it was in that final battle scene between uh, T'Challa and Killmonger in Black Panther you know their masks kept CGIing on and off and <laughs> on and off because faces are how we connect a lot of the time yep. and I think that it's a, it's a risk to take someone like Pedro Pascal and put him behind a mask because he's so good. Entire time, yeah. But I also, th- I, I think he makes it work with sure. his physicality. Mm-hmm. Sure. And somebody, I forget who it was online, notated that the way he tilts the visor of the helmet is very evocative of a Western hat. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I really got a big Western feel. Oh yeah. Especially this is... during the blurg writing sequence. And I like that they don't make him <laughs> invincible. They. That. They, you know, he gets his butt kicked mm. a lot. He gets frustrated. He's just moments where he's just had it. And I really enjoy that. And I got a, a kind of an Indiana Jones vibe from that right. first episode and really from the second episode yeah. where it's um, so he's hanging off the side of a sand crawler. It's, you know, I really got that vibe. But I, I think like, one of the most important things these first two episodes did is like he is the Mandalorian and everyone who loves Star Wars knows Mandalorians are badass. They can do most things yeah um they go toe-to-toe with jedi this was such a good setup for he is vulnerable especially to livestock and also yep. sand crawlers but he is very vulnerable so it doesn't give you this because you know everyone during rebels and during clone wars you see mandalorians you're like what crazy stuff are they gonna do like Prisvizla almost kills you know darth maul uh, barely loses. N- Maul has him that whole time. That's true. I like. To <laughs> There's never a moment in that fight where Vizsla's on top. I know. I just want. <laughs> I just don't want. I need but to know how the know war ends, it, Dave. Tell it, me how it, the war ends. We're gonna. I know. We're, we're gonna. gonna get it. It's the interesting thing though is is that they say in the show, oh, Mandos don't take their helmets off. Yeah. And we've seen on animation they do quite a lot. Yeah, actually, Sabine and, does. Vizsla does a lot of all of them do. So and I I'm, do hope um, we got a glimpse of it in episode one, where we see a lot of Mandalorian culture. And I think, yeah, like through the armorer, yeah, who's maybe my second favorite character. Well, Tell that, me that was more Gina, about her. That was Gina Carano, right? That was Emily yeah. Swallow. We oh. haven't seen Gina Carano. Oh, okay, yet. that's what I thought. That I was convinced Gina Carano would pop up in the second episode, and she me didn't. Too. Yeah, I, I, so probably in the third. Yeah. 
as a rebel shock trooper, former rebel shock trooper Cara yeah. Dune. Well, here's the question. So the mask's going to come off at some point. What yeah. episode do you think the mask is coming off? Five. Five. I bet five or five six. Five of the eight, of the eight, se- eight mm-hmm. episode season. I could see them possibly doing it for a final fight in the finale of the first season. Yeah. If it's not five, then we get, my bet is, if it's not five, we get Helmet Off in seven, name reveal in eight. And here's what I'll say about this show in general. I think that I'm really impressed so far with the stylistic choices they're making. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not a big spoiler, but episode two, the first 15 minutes maybe, 10, 15 minutes are silent. Yeah. You know, which I think is, I, I was just watching Wally last night on Disney Plus, and, oh, uh, I love you know, it's the same kind of thing, where the first act of that movie is an almost entirely it's, a silent film. It's, it's genius. Yeah, it's yeah. It's just this so, robot and a cockroach, watching, and you can't pull away. I know, it's beautiful, but watching the beginning of that episode of The Mandalorian, I was almost hoping they would extend it through the entire episode. I was like, give me, yeah. like, because that's the type of thing that Tartak, what's his name, Tartakovsky? Gindy Tartakovsky. Thank you, yeah. would have done uh, in... Samurai Jack. I mean, Samurai yeah. Jack. The first episode of Samurai Jack was entirely silent. You know, so I like. Well, that's. I kind of, I, I kind of like that, and I'm thinking, ooh, does this mean that art, like, auteurs are a little more at liberty to make some cool and weird stylistic choices with I, Star Wars on Disney Plus? Because I would love to see that. I yeah. hope so, because we got some. I mean, Taika's coming for the eighth episode. Yeah. You know. Bryce oh, Dallas right. Howard's he's the, popping he's the in at some episode. point. He's the yeah. finale. So I'm dying to see his take right. on what's going on. But also, I agree with you in terms of probably fights aside, my favorite scene in Revenge of the Sith is completely silent. Is just mm-hmm. is Anakin in the Jedi Temple and Padme all the way across Coruscant and them having this kind of moment just still or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's gorgeously scored. And it's silent. And it's probably my favorite moment in that movie. Uh, speaking of scores, the score for episode one is, I think, brilliant. It's one of the best Star Wars. 90% of my Star Wars enjoyment is music. Yeah. Um, and I talk to people where that's the case for them, too. Um, Ludwig Gorenson's score is both familiar and new at the same time, and I love it with no with, without using any classic themes yeah which is yeah. interesting it it's, doesn't happen often but it feel there are points like i list i was just listening to the mandalorian theme the theme for the mandalorian yeah. on the way here and there's some notes of it that are like new his use of like deep kind of wood like lower register woodwinds um drums in a different way that it's, john williams it's, did it's really the it's like the synthesis of star wars and leone yeah, yeah it's it's very morricone meets yeah. almost i the one theme is ev- evokes one of the temple of doom themes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in me and but it, it's and the the chapter two soundtrack is available now yeah. also i guess they're releasing ev- that at the same time I well because what happened was they didn't release the, the score immediately and then everyone on twitter was like give us the score yeah. Yeah, and they was did. Like, All right. The minute I finished the episode, I saw the score. This chapter two was up, yeah. and I immediately got it. So I, I'm happy that Gorenson's doing it. I think he's real. Obviously, Black Panther's a great score. Yeah. Um. Did, he won an Oscar for that, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's Oscar winner Ludwig Gorenson. We There's just add him to the mix of people, even if it's not John Williams. There are successors mm-hmm. we've seen between Michael Giacchino and John Powell and Kevin Kiner that can yeah. come in and give you that Barton Fink feeling yeah so I think that's a good that's a good general discussion because it's really hard to get into what is characterizing this show what everybody's talking about without talking about 
what happens at the end of episode one and kind yeah. of where that leads into episode two. So if you are have not watched The Mandalorian, you don't want to be spoiled on anything, we all dig it. We're interested to see more. And I would advise you to check out now because spoilers are a coming. Okay. Yoda babies. All right. Yoda. <laughs> Yoda baby. Just get it right off the bat. Baby yeah. Yoda. So at the end of episode one, the big bounty that Werner Herzog is willing to pay in Beskar steal for. The asset. The asset is. Baby Yoda. A, a baby of the Yoda species whatever we want to call it and yaddle yes we don't know what that species is called or where they're from we just know they age a little differently so this is the because lucas and this is people have talked about this a lot lucas intentionally has left a lot of as as we're in a a universe where you know that third guy from the left in the bar Mm -hmm. has a name and a backstory and an action figure uh lucas has intentionally left a lot of the origins and the story behind yoda's species unexplained yeah. So this is the this is kind of well, I'm uncharted sure he, territory he know, for the Star Wars. He knows. Game. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. And I'm sure he's told some things to Dave. And Dave knows. Yeah. <clears throat> and it, it sets up a very cuz you know we were in this world of originally I think everybody was thinking kind of the man with no name, right? For yeah. the, for the reference to the Mandalorian. But now as soon as that happened at the end of episode 1, the Mandalorian spares the Yoda baby from IG 11's lasers and now we're in lone wolf and cub territory Mm -hmm. I mean that that was the immediate one one mando and a baby one One mando Mando and a baby baby. that's (laughs) my favorite one I'm going to be using that one a lot yeah Um, and it's it's some people online are are, there's a big a big theory that it is Yoda that there's a wart the wart on the head that is identical some of the facial gestures it makes especially in the second episode because we actually see it walking at one point are very yoda like and some of it are very kind of goofy and and quirky with the weirder side of yoda especially empire yoda where he's playing the tricks are similar to that i don't know if i really like that theory or go in for it but it's interesting whatever is the deal is though this it's freaking adorable beyond belief. Yeah. It has to be said. And not in an annoying way. Yeah. Not, not oh, that's too cutesy for Stu. It's adorable, it, but... It makes logical sense that yeah. a baby of Yoda's species would look like that. And yeah. in it a w- just so happens that it's adorable AF. Yeah, and it's if uh, I've just met this Yoda baby and if anything happens to it, I, I will, will kill, kill everyone, everyone and myself. <laughs> you know, it's it's that instant kind of feeling. But it's so funny they watching him <laughs> watching him with this with this and the second episode is so fascinating because it keeps cutting back to the baby and the baby's always kind of watching and always curious and the effects are so good because you yeah. can see the ch- subtle changes in the eyes. You're not used to seeing stuff like that on yeah. TV. And then obviously the big payoff, which I love the theme in this episode. Oh. The thematically, this episode, the f- if the first premiere was a lot of setup or whatever, this episode really teaches a lesson, I feel like, in that there's a difference. But he says to uh, to Nick Nolte, the Ugnaught, he says, the ship, the ship is stripped, it's useless. And he says, strip does not mean destroyed. And what do we see? He's fighting the beast. He's stripped. And he also says weapons are, are my, I'm a Mandalorian, weapons are my religion. Right. He's at one point fighting the, the creature. He's stripped of all his weapons. He's got nothing left except for a little knife. Stripped. And then what saves him? 
is the baby Yoda, Yoda baby using the force, lifting yes. this thing up and straining, not as effortlessly as Yoda lifting yeah. the X-Wing. But that's a, a really powerful message. It's like, you know, it's not all about weapons. Right. That, and that's an important thing, I think, for a Mandalorian to learn. And I wasn't expecting to have such a nice lesson. What a moment, too, because I think even at the end of episode one, when they revealed the Yoda baby. Yoda baby. Exactly. Yep. That's the theme song. No one. I mean, we we're like, what does this mean? Is it because they're force sensitive naturally? Yeah. We don't know what the story is. And now they didn't beat around the bush in terms yep. of getting that out there. This is a baby Yoda that knows how he to has. use the force. It's force 50, sensitive. 50 yeah. bajillion midichlorians. It, so many midichlorians. Basically not even, made of Not even the Yoda baby has a midichlorian <laughs> count that <laughs> high. Right. Not even the Yoda baby. Um, and Yoda also, babies! <laughs> Sorry. So I think everyone is in love with the Yoda baby. Uh, yeah, it's a, across, but we're they're, they're, they're going to have to give us something else to call it. There are very point. few things that can unite the internet these days specifically the star wars fan uh, yes and i think this was one thing that really did uh the other big the other big thing from episode two the jawas jawas not more jawa action than we've ever seen on screen in live action yeah they're they're not only for tatooine anymore we saw them in the premiere they were in one of the weird spaceports and the other things so we said okay they're not tatooine exclusive right and now they're on another dusty rock planet with another sand crawler how do they get those things around? How do they colonize? There's so many steel. questions. But he kind of got his butt handed to him by these guys. And then they're just disgusting when they, they want the egg. They keep <laughs> they shouting really, the egg, the really egg. They wanted their bibimbap. I'm like, so. yeah. shut up <laughs> about the egg. They insult him. He's like, your Jawa sucks. You sound like a Wookiee. That was I a great moment. one of the first times we've actually gotten like translation for Jawa. For Jawa. Yeah. I absolutely love all the, like, even though it's not that much, they gave Jawa so much, like, ja- like, they made Jawas assholes, yep. and we, I love oh, it. Oh, because they are. And they we've are. never seen them driving the, the Sandcrawler yep. before, yeah. so we saw that. The oh, whole and, thing, and he's, the hang, main, he's hanging he's, off the side, and it got total truck chase vibes. Yeah. And a lot, of, a lot of Jawa slaughter. Like he, yeah, he, he, Jawas, oh, he, he takes yeah. one out. He, he's like, well, he's like, they don't like you very much. He's like, well, I disintegrated one of them. You're like, that's what that looks like. Because yeah. yeah. he just starts rifling them off. And Yoda Baby's watching and kind of smiling at it. <laughs> and he's just picking them off one by one. Yeah. And then, but then they all, the six of them stun him at once. Yeah. yeah. They do get the better of him. Because I, I like the thing with, with our, our Mando is that he never stops stopping. Yeah. It's like he does not give up. Yeah. They start driving away. He's like, Oh no, you don't. He shoots at the back and then jumps on jumps on the on the truck. Later in the episode he gave me a serious Carol Danvers moment. I'm sure mm-hmm. as many other movies do this, but this is the most recent one I can think of where he's on the ground, the creature has handed him his butt mm-hmm. and he gets Flips back up. Yeah. It was a moment where I was like I got a real Carol Danvers vibe from that. Yeah. So I love that about him that it doesn't matter how beaten up he gets he does not stop yeah. and these job but these jawas actually give him i think more more than trouble he was bargaining for yeah. um and i just love how they steal his stuff and they make yeah, him and over and over yeah. what over a, an egg that they immediately cut into and start slurping the yolks yeah like it was hey. so de- it was it was that kind of star wars disgusting and it was just so the whole thing was just so weird every from the truck chase to the you know the negotiation to the egg stuff the egg the egg it was just yeah. so weird and i am there for that it's i am there for very, this kind of yeah just 
kind of like just off classic of Star thing. Wars weirdness. It again, rem- yeah. this, the fr- premiere reminded me of it. And so did this. One. It reminds me a lot of A New Hope. Yeah, especially the beginning part where it's just who are these two random droids on this in this desert planet? Mm-hmm. What the hell is this thing? It reminds me a lot of that in a good way yeah. and not in a pandery fan service way. Yeah. The other and that's thing, the great thing for that's what you can do with Star Wars on TV. It's it's just amazing that this exists. Yes. Right? That's yes. one of the crazier. It's like we got it. We got a We got a TV series where they spend a hundred million dollars an episode and it looks gorgeous. And it like story wise, it's what we've wanted. And it's not like. Going into a movie where like, well, there are going to be a ton of things that I don't like and some things that I really do like. And blah, blah, blah. We have it. And it's its own thing. And I yeah. think that yeah. that's like it's do- it's it certainly evokes Star Wars in a lot of ways. But it doesn't this to me doesn't it doesn't feel even feel like Rogue One, which I think is the closest analog. Yeah. Like it, it it's very much its own thing stylistically and atmospherically. And I think that that is not to be under. That's what we've all been wanting. Like, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. oh, well, the new movies are a little too much like the old movies and. Well, it's the prequels and, and then, were too different, oh, but they did. Force didn't, Awakens too yeah. similar. Last Jedi is too different. Yeah. It's like eat your freaking porridge and <laughs> shut up. But <laughs> it's with you could theoretically watch this on its own yeah. without yeah. having seen anything, and it's it could stand on its as this Agreed. weird, like model based Western space epic. Right. The last thing I want to say, that egg was so hairy and so gross. Yeah, like hairy. Eggs. I, lo- the, I, I we kept the waiting for the the hair to come off as and he was brushing no, it. No, I, th- I thought it was some kind of tentacle like, spaghetti uh, thing uh, or something. It was freaking gross. So yeah. I think it's safe to say we're all on board with the Mandalorian. I, I obviously, Brian, we knew was going to be yeah. Ben. Yeah, I'm in. Uh, yeah, I was very curious as to what your reaction was going to be, Adam. I, I, I I'll you, tell you what. Like I liked the first episode, I was intrigued, but I didn't. I couldn't say that I loved it. Mm-hmm. But episode two really, really worked for me, and I think together, like I said, as a whole, I think I'm gonna have to look back once all eight episodes are out and judge this yeah. thing as a whole. I'm I'm glad because sometimes I feel like I can call what your reaction is gonna be, and sometimes I'm completely wrong. Interesting. And we agree on some things, and we really disagree on others. But I was coming in here today. I'm like, I wonder what his reaction is gonna yeah. be, and I'm really glad, and I'm fascinated that it was episode two. Yeah. That really got you on board. Yeah. Because I think, again, I think that uh, it's just, this thing is just going to be judged as a whole. There's yeah. no way to judge episode one. It's one paragraph. Mm-hmm. So that is our take on uh, The Mandalorian. We would love to hear from you. Let us know what you think. You can always review us. Five stars. We love it. Uh, we appreciate the feedback. And before we wrap up, thank you, Brian, so much for joining us this oh, week. Thank you so much for having me. You can me. check out Jabba the Pod. Do it. New episodes all the time. Wherever you get your podcast, it'll, right. it'll we're we're recording on Friday. It'll be out tonight on Friday. Where can people find you guys on the old socials? Just look for Full On Ben on Facebook, on Twitter, and Instagram. On Twitter at Brian Silliman at B R I A N S is in Skywalker I L L I M A N. I follow Ben. He does not follow me. Oh no! Oh shoot! Yeah. And you can find me on Instagram at Rock the Faces. Please check out all the other podcasts on Sci Fi Wire. Job of the Pod, obviously. Uh, the Check Lost us out. podcast that we have, strong female characters, the fandom files, so much more. Uh, just podcast galore, Battlestar Galacticast as well. And that is it for this episode of Who Won the Week. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next week.